My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Hey Sunrise, this is Pastor James. Uh, So thankful that you've tuned in. We are in a series uh, this summer, the first part of the summer, we're just called Questions. Questions I've wanted to ask God. I sent out, uh, you know, an email and I asked online, you know, what are your your biggest questions about God, and we've tackled some pretty tough ones. Uh, Pastor Shane, I want to appreciate him. He did it uh, as well with me, and we're going to be looking at some. Today, though, I think it's a pretty pertinent question I get asked a lot. When I'm discipling people, when I'm walking along with them on the journey of life, one of the key questions I get asked is, Pastor James, how do I know the voice of God, or how can I hear God speak to me? I mean, that presupposes, of course, that God is there and he speaks, and I, I believe he does. Uh, you know, when we read the Bible, we discover that he speaks through his Holy Spirit. And so I truly believe he speaks today and he speaks in our hearts. He whispers to us. And there's a part where we get quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. I also believe that God speaks through other people. Uh, If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't waste my time preaching because I truly believe that through messages and I've been listening to a podcast in the last couple weeks that God's been speaking to me. So I believe he speaks through others. And yet, I think primarily he speaks through his word. You know, when you think about the question of God speaking today, it's kind of a scary one, really, because, I mean, you don't want to walk around town and say, I heard the voice of the Lord. That makes you one of those crazy prophets, right? Um, You know, you don't want to walk around and go, this is what God's message is for you. Uh, Because you can get a lot of abuse going on with that. I mean, God said this. I mean, how do you argue with that, right? God told me that. Well, that's God, I guess, right? I know in the church world, people really abuse that. Uh, Health, wealth, and prosperity preachers do that. Manipulators do that. They go, this is the voice of the Lord. This is what the Lord said. And I think you got to test all that by his word. But I do believe God speaks. And I think it's important for us to develop a heart that listens. And also a heart that learns how to discern his voice. Um, I I, I know a lot of folks don't read the Bible. People who call themselves Christians and go to church never really open the Bible. So I kind of, I'm flabbergasted. I don't know how you'd hear from God if you don't open up his love letter to you, you know. I was watching a movie with my family and some friends a week ago. One of our favorite movies, it's a J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Super 8 And it's kind of an 80s nostalgia type thing. And uh, it's a science fiction and it's all kind of fun. And our family loves it. We watch it a lot. But there was a part in the movie when I just cracked up laughing because it relates to this sermon. There's a part in the movie where they hop into a car. uh, A guy hot-rotted his car. And he has a CB radio in the car. And I laughed because 
Uh, if you're old enough to remember the 70s, there was a whole trucker craze. There was a convoy craze. Uh, you know, there was, a, the, there was just so much about that. People were buying CB radios and putting them in their car. I, I, I had one in mind. It was just a thing, you know. And uh, the common question that you would ask, it, it, it was so great. And it's in this movie. And I just laughed. It's Breaker Breaker 1-9. Anybody got their ears on? And I just, I just laughed. My kids didn't get it. They don't know what a CB radio is. So if you're a trucker out there, God bless you. Uh, but you know, that wasn't a question that originated in the 70s or 60s or whatever. You know, Jesus asked that question. I mean, it's a little bit different phrasing, but Jesus asked the very same thing. Do you got your ears on? Look at this. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus asks this. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, he's actually in a text we're going to look at today. And he's basically saying to you and to me, are you really hearing me? I mean, you've got ears, but are your ears on? Do you really listen? Now, I would sit there, and and you probably too, we think, what a bunch of morons that they would hear God's voice through Jesus, and he would speak and he would say something, and then they, they wouldn't listen? I mean, really? Who would hear Jesus and not listen? Or worse, who would hear Jesus and then not respond? I mean, who would have the, you know, just the brainlessness to do that, right? Well, that's us today. I firmly believe that God is always speaking, but we don't always listen. We don't have the hearts to hear him. And when he does speak to us, man, sometimes we just refuse to act on that. Jesus said it on the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a great message. You know, if you build your life on the sand and build this beautiful house, the rain and the winds are going to crash down on it and the waves are going to destroy it. Because that's what happens if you don't listen and then do. Uh, James, Jesus' half-brother, same thing. What good is it if you hear God's word but don't do it? That's a common problem for followers of God is that we hear it, we intellectualize it, we acknowledge, we nod, we applaud, we tell other people, but we don't do it ourselves. Well, today I want to take a look at a passage that we've looked at a lot throughout the years. It's one of Jesus' most famous parables, and it's uh, the one called The Sower and the Seed. And what I think is really fascinating about that is that there's a a, a different nuance on the passage I want to talk about today. Primarily, it's talking about uh, a guy goes out to sow some seed, and it's an illustration of sharing the gospel. Yes. And it's about the receptivity of the hearts and the response of the hearts. Yes, absolutely. But I want to look at it today from our hearts. I'm just going to assume you're a follower of Jesus, okay? And that may not be true, and that's great, and you're going to get something out of this. I think you're really going to get something out of it. But for Christians, this is a passage that's going to call us into account. And if you're not, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you, you have some ammunition against Christians right now. You're going to be able to beat them up over the head and go, hey, I read a parable, or I heard about this, and you're not doing it. But for those of us who know and follow God, my question today is, how's your heart? Because if your heart is not open and receptive, you, you might not hear God, or even if you do hear God, you might not have the willingness to respond. Now, I think you're going to find yourself in this passage. I know I do. Let's take a look at it right here. It says in Luke chapter 8, kicking off, it says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. Now, a parable is an illustration. I, I used to hear it this way. It's a, 
heavenly story with an earthly meaning. But literally, uh, it, it was the idea of a rabbi at the time of Jesus said uh, a sermon or a message without a parable is like a basket without handles. In other words, good sermon, I can't take it home. I can't apply it. So Jesus was always preaching about this applicable life. And so a parable is a way to put a basket handle on the truth and carry it home. So that's what Jesus is doing. He says here, a farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. He goes on and says, other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. Now, here's what we read earlier. When he had said this, he called out, do you got your ears on? <laughs> Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, a couple things before we jump into this. There's some, just some basic truths here about the story, and it's right here on the screen. Number one, this is, this is the key thought here, is that there's a farmer, and the farmer represents God in this context. Uh, the seed represents God's word. The soil represents your heart. So the bottom line message is this. You know, these four kinds of soils represent four different responses to hearing God speak. Yeah, definitely this sower is also used of a person that shares the gospel, no question. But it's still the same bottom line. God is speaking. Do you got your ears on is the question. Are you going to do something about it? To be honest, I would say my heart floats between these four different kinds of soils. And I think you're going to find yourself in that. Uh, I hope today you, you kind of pinpoint which place you're at. Uh, mine moves. Mine varies depend, depending upon the, the busyness of life, depending upon the stresses of life. I would say in this COVID-19 nightmare that we're in, uh, man, our hearts are really challenged. Some days I don't even know what my heart's feeling, right? It's such an anxious season. But I think God is still speaking. And if we have hearts to hear, to listen, to respond, God's going to do a good work. Now, the first heart is the idea of this hard one. And I'm going to say this is the point. Cultivate, cultivate an open heart. If you and I can cultivate an open heart to God, that's going to be miles ahead on hearing him. I mean, I, I do believe that we want to have God speak. We want to have God teach us. We've got to desire it. We've got to respond to it when it comes. Um, we've got to be eager to hear God. We've got to be open-minded. Many people uh, I've encountered don't, don't really hear God speak because they've already closed their minds. They've already closed their hearts to God. They don't consider the possibility that God could be speaking. Or if they do consider the point that God could speak, they don't want to hear the answer, and so they immediately shut down. This is what Jesus said in verse 5. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Now, what, what's going on there? Well, in every field, there are footpaths that a farmer would walk and he would tread over and over again, and he or she would do that as they work amongst the furrows. Over a period of time, though, through all of the trampling and walking, the footpath becomes really hard. It becomes like a baked clay, almost like concrete. And the, the farmer just seems to be scattering the seed all over just without any discretion. And so some of it's going to fall on the footpath. But the reality is 
The ground is so hard. The good seed finds no soil, no receptivity, no softness to it. And so it just lays on top, and the bird comes. So the birds, the enemy, basically Satan is what Jesus says, comes away and steals it. Some people, maybe you today, the word of God falls on a hard heart, and it never gets a chance to take root. You know, you could come to church all your life and still be in that situation. Outside, you may look great. You may have the right words. You may have the right culture. But the fact is, is that you know in your heart, it's hard. I, I, was, I was telling uh, my son, Josiah, is learning to play guitar. And uh, he's played bass for years. And yet, when you play acoustic guitar, it's a little different where you place your, uh, your fingers not on the fleshy part, but on the tips. And if you've ever learned to play guitar, it's kind of hard for a while because your, your fingers get sore. And, and I remember early on, I played so much, they cracked and bled. And um, that's, that's okay because they're developing calluses. And this is what I was saying is that calluses are really good on your fingertips, but they're really bad on your heart. And some of us have hardened our hearts to God, and we can't hear him when he speaks. Now, I believe that a hardened heart, a hardened path is like that. It's a defensive heart. If you have a closed mind, then you're not going to hear God speak. Uh, God's message is never going to get in. Why would we have a closed heart, a defensive, unresponsive heart? Well, sometimes we have fear. Um, We're afraid of what God might say. The old adage when I was growing up was, don't give your life to God and tell him you want to do whatever he wants because he might send you to Africa as a missionary, you know, as if that was the worst thing in the world. Trust me, I've been to East, uh, East Africa for years, and that'd be an awesome thing. I would love to go be a missionary. That'd be amazing. It's a wonderful place, amazing people. But we kind of fear God because what if God asks you to do something you don't want to do? That's that's possible. It's probable, actually. But but let's think about this right now. Some of you don't want to hear from God because you already know what he's going to say. You already know what he's telling you. Some of you are walking in sin. Some of you are walking down a path that is a path of rebellion. On the outside, you look like a normal Christian. But the truth of the matter is you don't want to hear what God is going to say to you because you've already decided in your heart you want to go a different path because you're afraid. You're afraid of what might happen if you risk and you follow God. Your surroundings, your supports might crumble. My friend, I got to tell you this. I'd rather follow God having a little bit of fear, knowing that's going to result in faith than being afraid of what God might ask me to do. Some people, maybe it's because of pride. They don't want to change their ways. They just, the the volitional part, the willful part of their life says, no, I know better. I just don't want to do what God says because this is my life. Even Christians say that. I want to live it my way. Some people, though, have a a bitter heart, a wounded heart, and you've got scars, and and you don't want to You don't want to do whatever God says because you're holding on to something. I've encountered so many people throughout the years, good normal church people, that hold on to bitterness and an unforgiving spirit because they refuse to let go and follow that path. And they refuse to forgive. And Jesus has some really strong words to say about that. You're going to miss out on the grace of God in your life. And you feel like that's the thing I hold over someone? No, that's the thing the enemy holds over you. And if you let go and you forgive, you're just letting them off. Well, Jesus says, I let you off. I forgave you tremendous, right? A tremendous amount. 
My friends, when you really get to know God, though, you see him as a father who loves you. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. What is God really like? He's a father who has his best for you. And, and God wants you to draw close to him, but you can't draw close to God's heart if you have a hard heart, if you have a, you know, a, a preoccupied, defensive heart. I really believe Father knows best. Some maybe have a different heart, and your heart is, you know, it's okay. I mean, you, you can hear it, but it's kind of, uh, it's just, it's just not really digging deep. And I would say, number two, allocate time to listen to God. If you want to grow a heart that listens and learns, cultivate an open heart. But also take time to hear him. Allocate time to listen. I mean, this is just simply what a relationship is all about, right? Uh, if, if my wife and I want to d- deepen our relationship, we spend time together, right? We just go for walks. We talk. We go for runs. We drive together. We shop together. We just, talk, we just do some couch time, right? We're looking at one another. We just do face-to-face time. We all make time for what matters most. So don't tell me you don't have time for God. If you want to know your priorities, what is it? It's the old statement. Uh, just open up your calendar. Open up your checkbook. Some of you don't know what a checkbook is, so open up your credit card statement, you know, that will tell you your priorities, where we spend our time, where we spend our money and our resources. That tells us everything about what's most important to us. Um, I was talking to Mary Beth this week and it dawned on me, uh, we did two trips to Israel last year. So we spent a month one-twelfth of the year in Israel last year. It was pretty amazing. We spent a lot of time walking on roads, and it was a great journey. But if you study the land of Israel, uh, Pastor Kevin and I did a, a history and geography course. You study the land. There is this soft soil, this soft limestone, an eroded limestone on top. But it doesn't go down very deep because there's a harder, much harder limestone underneath. And the reality is sometimes that's what our spiritual life is like. Yeah, there's a softness up, to, up top, but we don't ever let our lives grow down deep. Uh, Jesus said it this way, other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture. That's, that sounds some of, like some of our lives, right, spiritually. I mean, I think this shallow soil... It's like a superficial heart. I encounter people over and over again who have this great emotional response to God, but then the next day they have another emotional response to something else. You can't build your life on shallow soil. You can't grow deep into God's word, into God's life, into the life of Jesus with a superficial spirit. You know, the reality is some of you have very shallow roots, and I've done that at times. I've disconnected from God and his word and my roots are shallow and I'm just I'm just all emotion and no depth emotion's good but you've got to develop a life that's deeper than that you know my my one of my old mentors uh, Rich Rollins dean of college where I was at dean of students he used to say Christians can go to church for 20 years it doesn't mean they grow 20 years they might grow the first year over and over and over again you know, I've had some time to do farming, and when I was in Boise, I did farming for a couple seasons, and, and uh, we, we farmed alfalfa. We had this one 40-acre patch. We'd go over and do it, and I discovered something, and the farmer taught this, and I didn't believe him. This is before Wikipedia, so I had to look it up in an encyclopedia, which is like a physical bound copy of, the, of Wikipedia. And um, he said that alfalfa is one of the sturdiest crops in America. Why? Because its roots can grow as deep as 20 feet. That's amazing when you look at a little alfalfa plant there. Uh, Corn, wheat, 
they, they can uh, really struggle with drought and the bleaching of the sun. But alfalfa is sturdy. Why? Because its roots grow down deep. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you want to hear from me, don't just live a superficial Christian life. Don't just go to church. Don't just tune into a podcast or a, a message on the weekend. Live it out. Live it day after day. If, if, you, if you really want to see your life, it's in the challenging, withering, sun-parched seasons of your life. That's the true test of who you are and how you're going to listen and respond to God. The third soil, I think, teaches us this principle. It's eliminate other distractions. Uh, if you really want to hear from God, you're going to have to cut some things out of your life. You're going to let Jesus prune you, as he says in John 15. Because there are a lot of other thoughts in this world. There's a lot of other messages bombarding us. There's a lot of political. There's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of things. I, I tell people left and right, just stop watching any kind of cable network news, whether it's any of them. Just, you know, I'm, I'm going to get blasted for this one. Shut down CNN and Fox and MSNBC, and you just shut it all down. And just read God's word. There's so much propaganda out there. There's so much forced indoctrination out there. How are you going to hear from God if you're taking in hours and hours and hours of people's messages of what you should believe and you don't dig into what God says you should believe? A distracted mind has a hard time hearing from God. Jesus illustrates this in Luke 8, 7. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and with it and it choked it out, choked out the tender plants. Jesus is talking about seed that takes root and has such a promise, but gets distracted, gets busy. Are you too busy to hear from God? Are you overcrowded in your life? Are you letting other loves take over? Are you getting amped up over other messages when you forget that as a follower of God, this world is not our home? We're aliens and strangers. We're immigrants who've taken up residence, but we don't really belong here. We belong somewhere else. I think a weedy soil represents a preoccupied heart, a busy heart. It's one of the th most challenging things I'll say that I've seen as a disciple maker. When I disciple men, sometimes they just get busy. Work takes over, family takes over, their uh, fortune takes over, their, their hobbies take over, and they don't have time to read God's word, to spend time in fellowship and accountability with other men. It breaks my heart to know that I've discipled guys that just fall away because life got busy. My friends, don't let the cares and concerns of this world choke out your spiritual life. Are you overcommitted? Are you going in circles? Even with, you know, good things? When I was in college, I memorized the book of Philippians, and it changed my life. It's such a great, great book, and it was dear to my heart. But uh, so many of the passages I memorized are part of my life now. And there was this one thing that Paul said, literally one thing Paul said, that caused me pause that I still struggle with today. Paul says, one thing I do. And I'll let you look it up to see what the one thing is. It's in Philippians. But, but when I read that, I thought, one thing I do? Gosh, I'm doing 50,000 things. That's, that's my struggle with life is I am so busy. I can get preoccupied. I've got fires burning everywhere. I've got projects galore. One thing, what would it look like to do few things and do them well? 
to go deep in your relationship with God, to not let other things distract you and choke out your spiritual life of listening to God. When we were kids, we uh, spent some years on a farm down in uh, the valley in Southern California. And um, we lived on a farm and there were a couple other farmhouses nearby. And so we had a party line. Uh, most of you don't even know what a telephone is with a corded line, but we had a party line, which was worth, we shared, which was worth, we shared three different lines. And so you would pick up the telephone because you did it this way, not, not this way. You'd pick it up like this and you would hear people talking. So, you know, you'd hang up or you'd listen in for gossip's sake, but you would hear someone talking and you'd have to hang up. You would have to wait till they were off the line because there were too many voices. You couldn't make a connection with the other party because it was busy. Have you ever been in a situation where you call and even in your cell phone, you're like, I'm sorry, all circuits are busy now. Man, you're just like, that's frustrating, right? But that's what a preoccupied heart is like when you try to listen to God. Too many voices at once. What would it be like to just listen to the voice of God and his spirit? Today, I see a whole host of things that keep us distracted. My family and I are going through men's fraternity uh, as a family. I've got three adolescent boys, and we're going through it. We're, we're nearly finished. And in one of the sections, we talked about the idols of our life and the deeper, deeper idols, the core idols. And they reduced it down to control, significance, and comfort. Control, significance, and comfort. Man, those, those end up showing up in so many ways, like a desire for money or a desire for pleasure, a desire for power, a popularity, a security, or a desire to consume. These deeper idols will choke out a spiritual life, and they will choke out the ability to hear from God because we're so busy hearing other things. But there's a fourth option for us, and there's a principle that Jesus teaches, and it's how to cooperate with God. How to cooperate with him. I believe, I'm going to go on record saying this. You can quote me a verse, that'd be great. Email me, that'd be great. JamesG at isunrise.com. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. That's no problem. But I firmly believe that the heart that sets out in advance to listen and obey God's word will hear God speak and will have an amazing time living out that adventure. You know, if you predetermine in your heart to say yes to God, whatever he says, that's going to be God's will for you. Don't, don't wait till he says it and then evaluate and then argue with it and then try to come up with another verse or whatever. But a heart that is predetermined to say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak to me. Yes, God, here am I. Send me. That's the heart that is going to see and hear God. Jesus says in verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil. That seed grew up and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Pretty exciting, right? Well, he explains that a few verses down in verse 15. He said the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. That is ultimate cooperation with God. God sows the seed. Our hearts are receptive. And because we tend to that crop, it grows up and it's God doing all the work anyway. And we're just yielding to him and we cooperate with him. And there's an amazing harvest. I think the good soil is a responsive heart, a tender heart that says, Lord, speak. I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. If you have that attitude, you are going to be able to tune into the right frequency. Otherwise, you got your CB, but you're not on the right channel, right? You're not dialed in correctly. 
Years ago, I heard a, a pastor speak, uh, an author, and, and his name was Erwin, Erwin McManus, and he's a great pastor down in L.A. And he wrote a book, but, but I heard him speak, and he told this story. He said this. He said, you know, I remember once talking with my young son, Aaron. He was about six years old. And, and, and Aaron asked me, Dad, how can I hear the voice of God? And so as a pastor, as a father, he just dump-trucked everything and told him all this stuff, right? I have that problem. And yet, a couple of years later, his son is at uh, middle school camp up in the hills, Southern California, and the pastor gets the call, the call you'd ever want to get as a dad, especially as a pastor. And it's like, hey, you got to come get your son. He got into a fight. He's refusing to cooperate. It's like, oh, how embarrassing. So Erwin drives up to camp, and he's there, and his son's sitting there with all his belongings, and he, you know, he sits there and you know, listens to the the camp director and he sits down with his son and he says, Hey, I hear you got into a fight and you really, you know, really hot fought hard on this one. What was going on? And he says, well, you know, dad, my, this, this kid started talking bad about my mom. And at that moment, Erwin goes, show me the kid. I'll take him out, you know? Um, but, he, but he said, okay, all right. But son, what do you hear God saying right now? What is God telling you to do? Because he'd already preached about forgiveness and letting go and turning the other cheek, all the good stuff. And his son's just sitting there. And his son, Aaron, looks at his dad and says, Dad, God's telling me to go in and clear it up and to confess and to forgive. He's like, yes, this dad is so proud of this moment. And he goes, so what are you going to do, son? And he goes, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to go home with you. Talk about a heartbreak. And in this moment of just inspiration, Erwin looks at his son and says, you know, son, I love you. I love you. But you have had an experience that most people don't know they've had. You've heard the voice of God. And if you refuse to follow the voice of God now, one day, one day, you won't hear the voice of God anymore because you'll close your ears to it. You'll close your heart to it. In fact, one day, you may even deny that God speaks. And worse, one day, you might even deny that there's a God. So I beg you, God is speaking. Listen to him right now and do whatever he tells you to do. Sunrise, that is what I beg you right now. Do you got a hard heart? Do you got a busy heart? You got a shallow heart? What is God telling you to do? You got a responsive heart? A.W. Tozer has this great statement he made. This is so beautiful. He says this, the voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear to listen to it unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. Wow. If God were to do a spiritual x-ray of your heart right now, what would it reveal? If he were to put your heart right up on the screen, what would it find? Would it find a defensive heart? Would it expose a superficial heart? Would it reveal a preoccupied heart? Or will it shine the light on a responsive heart? As your pastor, I I beg you, I just beg you for that last one, that you would say, okay, God, I'm willing. (laughs) This is going to take everything. I'm going to risk it all. I don't want fear. I don't want pride. I don't want bitterness to hold me back. I don't want a shallow spirituality where you just get just enough of Jesus to keep me satisfied, right? And I don't want to be so busy doing all this stuff that I no longer hear you. I want a heart that is so soft and tender, God, that when you speak, I say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening.
Would you pray with me right now? Father God, as I, I think about these soils, you know they represent my heart. Sometimes my heart has been hard. Sometimes my heart has been just shallow. Sometimes it's been busy and choked out. and Sometimes it's soft. And I believe that is true of every one of us. I even believe that is true of people that do not believe in you right now, that just happen to tune in, that are checking it out. I believe that even they could acknowledge their heart. Would your Holy Spirit speak to us today and reveal the condition of our heart? And would you give us the courage to do whatever it takes? God, here we are. Your servants are listening. That you are willing and ready to do whatever it takes to someone who's willing to say yes to God. We pray in your name. Amen. Before the worship team goes on, I just, just want to tell you this one little thing. We were at camp this week, Camp Tadmore, and we were there and we were doing some service projects and we were up at a fireside and, and uh, our new youth pastor, Chris Alley, was leading and doing a great job and Taylor and I are watching with pride as he's leading our youth and my, my youth, my three sons. And he made this statement, he said, you know, the prayer of our heart should be, Lord, do whatever it takes to draw me closer to you. And my heart leapt because that was the prayer of my heart when I was a 20-something and on and on, which is a scary prayer. God, do whatever it takes to draw me closer to you. And you don't need to fear the whatever it takes because he's a good, good father who loves you. So may you do whatever it takes to let God draw his heart close to you. Amen.